What's up, you nerds? Welcome back to Yellow Spandex. This episode, we basically talk about uh, one movie in particular. That's Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Uh, we do a little bit of garnishing things here and there, you know, a little sprinkle there, a little cherry on top. So uh, hope you enjoy and uh, peace. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Welcome back to what day is it now? I'm, I'm not calling this quarantine edition podcast anymore. This is just the podcast. now. <laughs> I feel like everybody's calling their thing quarantine, though. Like, I don't know if you've seen other people's like stuff on YouTube or podcasts or whatever it is. Uh-huh. It's like quarantine, this or that. Like, OK, episode <laughs> one. <laughs> just like uh, how long do we go for this like i think it's, everybody's clinging on to hope that like okay this is going to be done soon right yeah yeah just uh, it's just uncertainty but we're not here to talk about that um we uh oh yeah did so a lot of things actually happened real quick before we get to the main subject a lot of things oh, happened yeah. this week there was like the rumors that like mulan and black widow were going to digital and mm-hmm. then now they got the theater dates oh nice yeah okay. like i think they're projecting for like july for mulan and like the with the eternals they did it with the mcu what we thought they were going to do they were just pushing they everything back. back yeah and then captain marvel got a release date captain nice. marvel 2 i mean mm-hmm. um and then there was the rumors that like disney plus might have either, either start like a live action x-men series or well, like solo action series mm-hmm. or have a new animated series coming up right which would be in line for a lot of the things that we know out here. <laughs> no, nice. that's all I'm going to say without <laughs> saying, too, saying too, much. too much. But we don't know anything definitely. But there's just been some things with friends working on stuff. They're like, can't talk about that. And if there's an X Men animated series, a lot of things would make sense out here. Yeah. Mm. But uh, so yeah, all that stuff. So I mean, I guess that's kind of optimistic. The only kind of really bad news that came out of all that is um, was it S and P had just downgraded AMC's rating to like, it was some terminology of something like virtually unsalvageable or something like that. And oh so, my gosh. so like there's rumors of like, or not rumors, like speculations of like, does this mean when it's done, AMC files for bankruptcy and restructures? Does it get bought by another company? You know, mm-hmm. man, I hope so. Or, or at least survives. So like our friend Ruth Ann had told us, I haven't actually seen an article about this. She'd mentioned like Disney's interest in buying AMC. And I'm like, I'd like that as consumer, but kind of hate that as like a human yeah i don't think that's a good <laughs> idea at all well and then and then disney's supposed to be in trouble now too yeah because the theme parks and the movies i don't know how this is all working like everybody's poor right now except for toilet paper companies so like uh, <laughs> and alcohol companies oh. so we should, i don't know but yeah so all, all that all that stuff um I don't know. It's not, it's not worth talking about like a whole episode about and ganja companies yeah speaking oh, of Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Yeah, so this oh, yes. week we dis- not the remake, the reboot. We all decided on our own times to watch the Jay and Silent Bob uh, reboot, um, which I haven't seen Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back in a long time. It's been a minute, so I was like, I was remembering stuff through this movie, mm-hmm. and uh, I guess for anybody that doesn't know the premise, the original Jay and Silent Bob is just kind of like, uh, like what would you call it? Like, kind of like a wrap up film for like the View Askewverse. Yes, it was supposed to be. Oh, yeah. And then, like, the whole idea of Jay and Silent Bob reboot is they're making fun of reboots by doing a reboot. So they hit every literal beat of the first movie with different mm-hmm. characters and situ- oh, well, the same situation, different characters and settings. And uh, I don't know. That's, that, that's like, kind of the elevator pitch with that before we get into, like, you know, talking about all yeah, the details yeah. of it. Mm. Yeah, I actually haven't seen Clerks 2. Oh, and I guess, okay. I guess that happened in 2006. Mm-hmm. I don't so, think I saw Clerks 2 either. So I guess that's a good place to start. My, so every character that's in Jane's on the Bob reboot 
mm-hmm. is from the Kevin Smith universe or yeah. from the real world, which is really interesting. It's like Kevin Smith is in this. Yeah. Right. So Rosaria Dawson, um, I won't. I guess I guess this is a spoiler thing. There's no way we're going to talk about this without spoiling it. Yeah. Yeah. Rosaria Dawson. <laughs> also, yeah. it, for everybody else, it's free on Amazon Video if you have Prime, and it's cheap if not. <laughs> Yeah, we. I bought it on iTunes for seven dollars. <laughs> like I was like, yes, just do that. Like I paid that for like Hulu or you know I don't know. I'm gonna watch this right a lot. It has the extras and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, so Rosaria Dawson makes a cameo in this movie. Um, Amazing as uh, I forget her, with Justice Shannon Elizabeth's um, character's wife, and I was like, oh, that's funny. I guess she never really met Jane Simon Bob in Clerks too, but then I looked it up. J- Rosario Dawson plays a completely new character in this movie oh. from Clerks 2 yeah. and it confuses me because I think she's the only one. Oh, weird. I think everybody else plays who they played. E- either they played who they were in the movies mm-hmm. or they played themselves in this world. Right. And uh, with exception of like Ralph Garman and stuff, you know, he played uh, what Tom, uh, what was his name? Tom, uh, the guy that I have j- no idea what the, they j- was, the fake name was oh, or whatever. Underhill. Yeah, there you go. Because that is also uh, it's a it's an Easter egg. It's a reference to um, Ted Underhill. Ted Underhill, that's what mm-hmm. it is. Ted Underhill is the name. Oh, uh, it's a reference to Fletch. Okay. I was like, I knew there was oh. something. And that was an old movie, right? Yeah, uh, Ch- Chevy Chase. Seventies, yeah, eight, or maybe eighties, early eighties. Fletch. So uh, eighty-five, yeah. Eighty-five. Okay. Dang. Um, but yeah, like. Besides maybe a couple of those cameos, like all like the clerks um, cast made cameos as their actors, and right. then Dante uh-huh. made a cameo as Dante. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is a wild kind of universe there. But then Rosario Dawson is this wife is a completely new character, but then in Clerks Two was a different character. So I just this is interesting. That is weird. Yeah, it's so weird. I mean, I'm glad she was in it. I love her. Yeah, I don't understand. I'm, like I said, I've never seen Clerks 2, so why wouldn't she just be the same character? I haven't seen it in a while, so maybe there was something in the story where she couldn't be or something, but... Mm, maybe. I, I, I thought that tie-in was going to be like, oh, look, she came back and married the girl from Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back. <laughs> <laughs> Having, I, I was looking for the cast right now, but the girl from Chasing Amy, seeing her again. Uh, Joey... Um, I can't remember her last name. She has the three names. Mm-hmm. Her first name is Joey. Chasing Amy was my favorite of the Kevin Smith movies. Yeah. And so it was cool seeing that crew back together. Mm. Did you see that uh, thing about how that scene was added, like kind of like the last minute production? For what? The the um, Ben Affleck and the whole Chasing Amy ending thing. You know, I I kind of figured this much because he had came out and said, hey, we we got Ben Affleck. Like, and I was like, didn't you already almost rap? Like, kind of like, because he's, he's very much like talking about this movie for forever. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's great. He's, he's a crazy smart businessman. He's quite wicked smart. And, yeah. uh, wicked it, hardcore. Exactly. And he just, he does a great job. Like, it, you know, promoting all this stuff and just forever. And people love him. So, I don't know. It was just weird. He, I know he had mentioned it towards the end, like yeah, we, and, and he even had a podcast. I think about him getting back, like with with Ben Affleck. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Joey it, Lauren Adams. Yeah, this is chasing Amy. Her name wasn't Amy, but like, <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was wild. Like how everybody kind of it was like if you put all of like the people in Kevin Smith's life 
in like a Yahtzee box and shook it up yeah. and then like let it settle back down because it was like Kevin Smith's daughter played Jason Mewes' daughter mm-hmm. in the movie and then Jason Mewes' daughter plays uh, Ben Affleck's, Affleck's daughter. daughter. Yep. I mean, it was super cute. You can definitely tell that both of them become fathers. And we get to see Kevin Smith bang his wife. Oh, yeah, yeah that was funny. So funny. Yeah. It, it was it was funny because I told Vince as soon as Jen walked on screen, I'm like, they're going to go fuck somewhere. Yeah. I, I don't know why. They don't, they don't, they haven't done that in movies before, but it's just like that setup was too perfect. Yeah. I was like, oh, he, he, he showed her like uh, the eggplant emoji and then one girl got freaked out, but then her, his actual wife walks in and is like, oh, okay. It's <laughs> like, oh, you, I know what he means. I'll take care of this. Sir, if you can meet me over here. I was trying to figure out if there was a joke in there of like how he would type so much stuff and just be one emoji each time. <laughs> yeah. Like, was he typing in the sentence and then it would just translate it into an emoji? I think it was just jo- a joke. It, like like yeah. the bad bad sync of like j- English over Japanese movies or like, I don't know, just like a cliche. Like, you, you see the person on a computer type like a thousand letters and then it shows you the screen and it's like hey what's up yeah he's got like a really long passcode or a really long passcode <laughs> yeah and it, it 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 almost it like almost physically hurt me to hear how hard he was tapping each time too. yeah yeah like, oh, oh, oh. i like that uh blunt man had a ba- a blunt phone <laughs> yeah and it was val kilmer which was even funnier that was hilarious val kilmer not even that- saying a word yeah, I mean, dude, that dude is like, he's not well. It was so great to like see him, though. Yeah, like, it was be able to stand crazy. There. I still love his movies. And you back see, in you the see day. it in the after credits. I guess they green screened him in and stuff. So, like, they, you know, it must have been like, okay, we can get him here. And he has an hour of energy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> stand. Like, what, is, what is up with him, though? Because he used to be like super in shape. Like, what's going on? I don't know exactly. I just remember seeing that he rarely makes public appearances, and there was some charity he showed up at, and everybody's like, "Oh, is he okay?" Because his his like face has like physically like changed a lot. Bloated. Uh, I mean, he, the man's sixty. I don't know yeah, if he's... that ma- makes a difference, but I don't know. There's some. Yeah, I'm looking at some of those pictures. I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> and he's supposed to be in the new uh, Top Gun. Really? They're gonna do that. Because of the old old Top Gun Maverick yeah. and everybody, Val Kilmer. I loved him in uh, Tombstone. Tombstone. He was Doc I remember Holiday. Tombstone. Oh. Yeah, dude. That's that, like that my dad's favorite movie. He'll watch that every freaking day forever. Same here. It's one of my dad's favorite movies. We used to watch <laughs> it. It just used to be on television every time I'd come home because he'd yep. just be sitting there watching it after work. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Speaking of like people getting older I, I don't know how to say this without sounding like a dick but like um it's something vince and i noticed especially because this was shot like an hd you know compared to like the previous movie yeah. mm-hmm. like all the characters you could see the age on their faces you know oh yeah and it was just kind of like wild especially um justice you know yeah, yeah. it's like she can't, it was like but she still looks good i don't she doesn't look bad at all shannon elizabeth it's just that like she like it looked like they were trying to play everybody a little bit younger than they actually are in real life. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it was just strange. Um, but I mean, it was it was at the same time it's still good to see everybody because it's just kind of like you know it's not the last film, but it it's felt a, like you know it was a blast from the past. Even seeing Jason Biggs and Elizabeth uh, in the same movie was kind of or Shannon Elizabeth. Oh yeah, and yeah, Jason Biggs, American Pie. Like, there's all these different connections and having uh, you know Jason Lee in there as well. Mm-hmm. That was funny, man. And, 
every person, like I'd like Ben Affleck or these other major characters, they make like these dad joke Easter eggs to oh their other gosh. movies. Mm. And it is insane that they're all in this like universe, whatever it's called. I don't know. Has it ever been in the View Askewiverse that Kevin Smith actually in, is exists in it? Is this the first time we saw that? I'm, I, I don't know too much. I don't remember, but I feel like there might have been like a one-off like, oh, Kevin Smith who wrote that crap movie or something. Like, <laughs> I really feel like he has okay. done that in the past. But have we seen him like this? Not seen. I don't think you've ever seen okay. him. But they, but like they he's have not playing himself. To, yeah, okay. I they think. I don't know. <laughs> and that whole um, uh, you know thing at, at well, Chronic Con, but Comic Con. Yeah. So this is wild because I we, I think weren't we around when they were doing that? Like we didn't go to it obviously, but like I saw the email go out to like mm. show up to LA Convention Center during mm. LA Comic Con and do that scene. And it was just it was so the thing that the whole movie everything was like meta on two levels. Yeah, like they're oh they're they're going to this convention because they want to be in a scene in a movie directed by Kevin Smith, but the scene in the movie was actually filmed at a cr- Comic Con by Kevin Smith. Like you know? yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's very convoluted. I feel like if you didn't know all of this stuff, you might not have been interested. <laughs> like it I might have like, bored you. Yeah, I feel like that could summarize the whole movie. Yeah. Uh, the definitely the my favorite part. Well, for one, it was like my favorite, and then on the flip side, it was also kind of stood out as the worst, in, in a good way. But here, let me explain. So, uh, Kevin Smith's daughter plays, yeah. Jason Mewes' daughter in the movie and she's uh, like by far one of the best actors in this whole thing but then that's one way I looked at it and then the other way I looked at it was she overacted like the entire movie mm-hmm. and that's why she stood out but because she, she's really good at like crying on cue I noticed that and uh, she really could like convey great emotion when when the scene needed it and uh, I'm just so happy for uh Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes to like bring Jay and Silent Bob back to uh, the modern day and and do it flawlessly because she's like you know crying her eyes out and Jason Mewes is still just Jay mm. and <laughs> Silent Bob is just Bob it's so crazy yeah Harley she did she did a good job like I was like she's actually she's not just the director's daughter like I thought she was really good even that cheesy scene the the one time like when she was kind of like pouring her heart out to Jay on the side of the road, yeah, I was like, oh, this is so cheesy. And then mm-hmm. she ends it with, oh, that sounds like a bad monologue or something like that. And I was like, oh, okay. I don't know if that makes it better, but they acknowledged it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the other times, like I was like, wow, I'm really feeling it to the point where Vince even says, like, oh, I think she knows. She was doing it, man. She was putting it out there. And it was making sense to me. It was hitting me. I was reading her like like I thought the movie was being written. And uh, was I proven wrong? Yeah, because <laughs> that's not what it was. And she she had to like ask the questions. But I I guess in in hindsight, like you could you could argue the point there whether she knew uh, that Jason Muse was her father. Because there's some point in the movie where he's like just like letting things fly out and. He's getting mm-hmm. real loose about it, and finally he tells her. But uh, just the whole uh, those three, like Jay and Silent Bob and uh, Harley. I can't remember her her name in the movie. Millie, Millie, Millennium man. Falcon. Oh yeah, yeah. Millennium Falcon. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, they're, yeah, they're, they 
just the gel of what was going on there felt really good. Mm. So you, you could tell like Jason's probably like hangs out with them and has been a part of their family ever since she was a little girl and everything. It just felt really comfortable. Yeah, it definitely felt like a whole like kind of family, not reunion. You could you could feel, you could tell that you were with a group that like those are each other's people. Yeah, like they know mm-hmm. each other well. I love that they uh, made fun of uh, comic book Ben being canceled, and they had them all oh, there. Yeah. Was it the Last <laughs> Supper? Is that what yeah. I thought when they ran by? I was like, I was like, was that the Last Supper? Because they just it was clicked like by table. real quick. <laughs> and then and then they ran into the clerks reunion and they were all in black and white and grainy. Yeah. Cracked me up. That freaked me out, man. <laughs> it's Twilight Zone stuff. You know, something I'll say about the movie that was like kind of why well, I guess what I liked about it was also what was like weird was that uh every time I thought it was a predictable movie, it just did something very not predictable. Yeah, you know? I agree with that. It was kind of all all over the place. It was fun though. Like yeah, I was like, okay, what are we doing now? Like, all right, <laughs> all all the plans, all the plans the girls were drawing, and when you actually get to to visual, see actually see like what the plans look like, they lay it out or they're like they're crumpling it up in their hands. Like these are funny freaking things that someone had to create. Yeah, the blueprints are like Wiley e. Coyote's blueprints, right? Mm. Like. <laughs> Uh, that just that whole I mean it did it, it the whole movie felt like a cartoon mm-hmm. and I think they did really well with bringing those uh, those type of themes uh, across in in live action I think they did a really good job with that you know what the, another thing I wanted to touch on was Ben Affleck's whole Batman thing yeah where he like yeah, yeah. that's what I was saying before with everybody had Easter eggs for their own movies he, but he wasn't just Batman's he like mentioned like every bad movie yeah mm-hmm. they'd been in and then same with uh, what's his face um, the other half of Ben Affleck. You know what's wild is that okay. So Vince and I did some music for the YouTube, Matt Damon. You did the <laughs> music for the YouTube audio library, and we were coming up with titles for various tracks. And they don't have any lyrics, so we were just like listening to them and thinking, like, what does this feel like, you know? And this one track, like, well, I, we don't want to call it Justice League, you know, but like let's think of a pun. So I was like, oh, the Just Us League, yeah, you know. And then I thought that was a pretty funny pun. I did. I I didn't think we were the first people to come up with it. But I thought maybe we're the, like, you know, other people aren't thinking this necessarily for like titling things. Mm-hmm. And then like Ben Affleck just like, and then it'll be a Just Us League. I was like, ah, he thought the same thing. Yep. <laughs> what? Bada boom. And I think all of that came out around the same time. They were on tour with the movie, like when we were <laughs> finishing up that project. Mm-hmm. Was that whole like Ben Affleck or uh, Matt Damon thing necessary? I guess it kind of was necessary. It was but weird. Like, it well, almost felt like it was supposed to go somewhere, but it didn't. That's like what he I'm was saying. supposed to be the narrator or something. I don't know. It started out and then in the middle and there was like weird sections where he would just go off and then other sections that felt like it was leading you to something new in the movie. Uh, but him explaining all of dogma was interesting. I kind of, yeah, I kind of mm-hmm. took it as like that. If this is going to be the last, it's not going to be the last movie, but if this was going to be the last movie, then mm-hmm. that's how they're going to like clinic. Tie slope, it all, yeah, yeah. Have all the closure for dogma. Yeah. But he, he, I did. I watched it again later. He did a little bit of uh, moving the story forward in that moment, yeah. but as a whole, yeah, it, it could have been this. it could have been cut out and not moved the story. But at the same time, it was funny. None of the story needed to be go there. Where it did. Really, yeah. <laughs> it, it was yeah. just like getting all these people into the same movie, you know. Yeah. But it wasn't done badly. It was. I, I thought it was like a lot of fun. If you were a fan, his pun yeah. of the, what was it the uh, born identity. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. He's like, he's that like, was funny and stupid. And he he's and that, like he, also hitting on the dad jokes. And of he's the literally century. winking at the camera. Yeah, 
and then all of Chris Helmsworth too, like that whole thing. If like Josh, you obviously watched all the like credits and saw all the oh yeah. Stuff to be honest, I think the credits parts were the funniest parts. I was like, just surprised was why those were cut out. Yeah, because like, I feel like that. I feel like they could have been in there and have had this like have been part like just fit in the movie with the exception of there was one thing that you could tell was like an alternate ending or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But everything else could have been where they felt like they were going to be in the gags and that, that would have been funny, you know, but mm-hmm. um, I guess I'm glad that they were there. Yeah. Yeah. I, to be honest, like they had like a ton of great laughs. I was, I was laughing probably more at the credits. Like the other stuff is like, that's funny. But I didn't like actually laugh, laugh out loud um, as many times as I, I have in the past for his other movies. Mm-hmm. So like when those credits and stuff came, I was like, why aren't these credits like cuts in the movie? Like it's a huge laugh. That'd be great. But yeah, I don't know, whatever. It's his movie. <laughs> I'm and I'm. It was so emotional to see that IMDb interview with Stan Lee. Yeah. Oh my god. At the end, because you know what's wild is that original YouTube video only has like a quarter of a million views or something. I know that sounds like a lot, but as, as for something with Stan Lee and Kevin Smith. Mm-hmm. Like that should have been a big video, but it you know relatively is a small view count on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now it's at the end of this movie, you know, and it's kind of sad to think that he was supposed to be kind of like the spine of the storyline. The Stan yeah. was, mm-hmm. and then you know didn't you know didn't survive to make it to this movie, right? But he, he did get to have his like you know, memoriam. True. Well, that. every day at uh, Comic Con, uh, Kevin Smith, at least I think that year, and I think maybe per- perhaps years in the past. He's like the IMDB people. Like he has like a, I don't know if they have a boat, I think, where he just, you know, he interviews a ton of people like all day long. So like that's his deal when he's there. So. Gotcha. Man. Yeah. Also loved, there was this whole deal in the movie where uh, Millie, Millennium Falcon, uh, finds these girls and this group of girls is one of like the funniest group of girls I feel like I've ever seen on film as far to, as far as what you know the last decade or so, but having the whole like Chinese or what, what Asian girl as it turns into a Russian girl at the end, like none of that matter. Like it didn't matter that it happened. And mm-hmm. it, I thought it was just funny and off the wall. And it was one of those same things you were touching on. Like when you think you you know where the movie's going, then it's just yeah. like what is going on. And they they make fun of things that they're actively doing, so it's just kind of like, yeah, don't take this shit seriously, you know? Because yeah. mm-hmm. like, yeah, you know, they're like, yeah, don't you hate it when reboots have youth and diversity? And, yeah. and then they're <laughs> just doing it, you know. At the same time, though, those girls were like were really like nice, diverse cast without like totally pushing it. I mean, maybe having a girl in a hijab was like, you yeah. know, like uh, much for some people, but at the knife too, it, though, it felt like that those group of girls would actually <laughs> hang out like that. It feels like those group of girls would actually hang out, you know? Yeah. Like, that looks like a group of friends I see hang out, like, out in L.A., you know, out at the shopping centers I, I and stuff. I love the girl who is deaf, doesn't get affected by the, whatever, the sound and wave thing. I think she's actually deaf in real life. That would make sense. Because I saw some other movies she was in, she also played, either she's that, or she got corn- pigeonholed as playing deaf girls. Man. But she, she's, <laughs> she's, she's, she's a deaf character in a couple other movies, too. Oh man! But that yeah. was a, that was actually a really surprising twist. I mean, like I know some people probably saw something coming of it, but it was like uh, it, it, at first. So that that's why I thought well, like stuff like where they made fun of the diversity things, yeah. like oh yeah, you got a deaf girl, a Japanese girl, blah. But then the deaf girl has actually ended up being like a small part of like the finale. You know, right. like that made sense. They wrote in 
working to their advantages or, or their and, strengths. But also mm -hmm. like seemed like a friend that a uh, kind of friend that Millie would make. Yeah. You know, like kind of another misfit, you know? Yeah. It seemed like all of they, they did have a lot of worse problems than she did, but because they were, you know, they call her like a little low. She can't handle it or she never didn't have her daddy or whatever. And all the other girls are like, my brother tried to kill me. Yeah. And so <laughs> it's like, you know, uh, even further places that I probably won't say here. Um, <laughs> uh, I just thought it was uh, uh, that was fun to me and seeing them work like the freaking mystery mystery crew and Scooby Doo all that <laughs> like trying to figure out how to get to this chronic con which was <laughs> hilarious. I don't know. The whole movie is just ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, uh, what's your favorite part? My favorite part. I was just about to get to that was when Jay and Tyler Bob they get to the they finally get to like the outskirts of the conference or whatever. I, I don't but there were stores. It was a hot topic or whatever. And every single person around them is all dressed just like them. Oh, no, that was the trade floor, the trade floor. And yeah. then they walk into one of the shops or whatever. And, and the guy who was it? It was a uh, uh, I got his name here. Adam Brody. Oh, yeah, he had like yeah. a wig and he's like one of the salesman there at the hot topic or whatever. I did mm. not recognize him until the credits rolled. Yeah, he had like a tiny little like stash on with like a Beatles like bowl cut on. <laughs> No, I remember the the casting call for that. It's like anybody going to LA Comic Con, if you want to be in a scene of the Jay and Silent Bob reboot, come in your best Jay and Silent Bob cosplay. That's they so purposely cool. did it for that scene mm -hmm. because it's supposed to be a convention where everybody's is it's, it's like if you had a Batman and Robin con. It's like a cosplay, and you just you go, but you go as one of those two characters. You know, that's insane. And then just like the way they played on that too was really funny in that whole uh, third act. I don't like. I lost track of the acts because it was just so crazy. What about for you guys? What was your favorite parts? Mine was probably the uh, uh, Chong and oh uh, god and Tommy, uh, Tommy Chong, Melissa Benoit. Yeah, like it just yeah. And Val, it's hilarious. Just going back and forth. Like <laughs> I'm trying to I don't think know. his his part. I think he he made me laugh the most in the movie. That was hilarious. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of funny things here, but yeah, I can't think of like what was like my favorite, like specific scene there. I know there was one. I just can't remember right now, but I, I know, you know, one, one of the things I thought like the, the new thing for me in it, because everything was literally, literally rehashed uh -huh. like, on purpose. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The new thing for me that I thought was kind of interesting because I'm not a father that I know of, but like the, the whole thing is like Kevin and Jay are both dads in real life now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I can tell that it affected like their like what's important to them in their writing you know because the moral of this story was like like raising the next generation right um but it what i laughed about you know i think i know what my favorite scene is now because this is the epitome of like what my i liked about the movie was that it the whole movie reminded me of all those like like bad at like people who were like trying to be a badass in high school and stuff mm. and then what happened when they became parents <laughs> you know so my favorite like scene was Jay reacting to hearing his daughter's plan about how they were going to get into that van? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, like, he's like, so first she takes nude selfies on and puts them online and then baits a prayer. He's like, what? What the fuck? But all that stuff, you know, Jay would have done. Yeah. yeah. If it wasn't not necessarily like get a girl, but like he would have told some girl to take nude selfies. And I mean, the first but, scene is them getting busted and him coming out 
tucked, tucked with his oh my God. fit dick tucked between I his legs. I wasn't ready for that at all. <laughs> I think I, I was eating, we were eating pizza at the time. And I was like, spit it out. I'm like, what is going on? I love that the, the, the who was it? it was, I, I forget who the cop was. I, David I DeSmalchin? Are you talking about yes. the white yeah. cop? No, yeah. or it was Donald Rawlings or something. Oh, okay. oh from uh, 40 Year Old Virgin and yeah. all the movies. And yeah. then, and then, yes. And then the white dude. Del Smolchin, he's uh, in from Ant-Man. Ant-Man. And yeah, he's in a bunch of stuff. That was so funny, man. <laughs> and one of them's like, he doesn't, where is it? It's the, he's like, man, it's tucked between his legs. <laughs> They're like that? fighting over where his penis is. It's so funny. <laughs> you know what's interesting is the whole film, like, I'm, I'm not like a, you know, film expert or anything, but it really felt like everything was shot to cameos. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely. you didn't, you didn't see like in that scene. I I'll bet if I go back and watch it, you don't see those cops on the same plane as Jane Silent Bob. Oh, <laughs> it's yeah. almost like those actors were available for this t- set amount of time, so they mm-hmm. shot all their Just lines right there, and then another time they shot all the other side. You know, and the same thing with like when there's a back and forth between people. Yeah, like it is. You know, like well, That's, obviously, like Matt Damon's thing is like separate time. Chris Hemsworth like being sure. a hologram is a separate time. You know, mm-hmm. but everything I could see like the puzzle pieces, but I think that was part of the fun of it. I think so too, man, and that's yeah. why eyeline is so important. <laughs> <laughs> Impressive eyelines in this yeah. one. There's another uh, the the chick that worked at the Moo Burger Place, whatever it Movies. was. Movies. Movies. It was Kate uh, Mikuchi, I think is her name. She's a young comedian, uh, outstanding comedian, mm-hmm. uh, female comedian for this like new generation of comedians. If anybody's interested. <laughs> Uh man, who else was in this movie? I mean, everyone. Method Man and, yes. and Method Man, Red Man. <laughs> that was hilarious. That scene cracked me up. That was that, great. That, once again, in the credits, that whole back and forth to be like, it's like I told you that was our masterpiece. Yeah. Like, like, why wasn't that in the movie? That's such a funny conversation <laughs> of them arguing about how high in their legacy. Ah, oh, so great. And then uh, Molly Shannon as the airport girl. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that and that was like dad joke to the nth. Like that was oh. like drunk, drunk, drunk aunt jokes. You know, absolutely. She's like, why mm-hmm. aren't you? Uh, like, what was it? What was the Uber called? Like, oh, ride, ride me or something. Ride, share uh, my ride or no? Was it ride on me or something like that? Yeah, or, something like oh. that. Yeah. And then she's she said, oh, everything it was like looks like you had a weight problem. And then they acknowledge they like make an Easter egg to like when Kevin Smith wasn't allowed to get on a plane because he was too fat. Too fat. Yeah. And it's like, no, it's weight, a problem. I'm like, okay, that was a stretch, guys. That was funny. The, and and I really, I just all the the nods to him losing weight and being vegan. And Jason uh, Muse just totally like bastardizing veganism and everything. It's just really stupid and funny to watch. <laughs> oh, ride me now. Ride me now. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's like, why don't you ride me now? Wait, what? What? That was a good one though, because like it's kind of like how people use Lyft and Uber as verbs. Yeah, why don't you Lyft? Why don't you Uber? Why don't you hey, ride me now? What? Why don't you ride me now? <laughs> okay. The, the Fred Armisen thing. I thought oh, he God. he's so good at making me feel so awkward. Yeah, he's just got that feeling. I don't know. That's his. That's his deal. It was like Tiger Beat's still a thing, right? Nope. Nope. <laughs> what is hater tots? Yeah, it turns out hater tots means different things to different people. Turns out my target demographic ended up being white nationalists. <laughs> and then they just show, I'm so proud of Kevin Smith, just straight up show the clan. Yeah. Just be like, we're not going to try to sugarcoat Which was this. also the most random thing. They Why why did all those girls get captured by the clan? Hmm. Were the, I don't know. There's no, there's no reason. They don't <laughs> tell you. They, they steal the van. 
they leave the old guys like they do in the you know the, their schematic of leave the old guys and then they old, old gay guys <laughs> yeah old yeah. gay guys and then or gay old guys and then they they're like where's the van he's like it's right there and then they see the thing the billboard or whatever they walk around yeah. and that's oh there's the van and then they see the clan there's no explanation of why they got cap- captured I'm, I'm gonna tied up it now and cuffed I might be wrong, but at the time I had just assumed that whoever owned the van was also a clan member, but I don't know that. <laughs> well, that was the pedophile that was also, yeah, he was a, that was also a Jesus, like holy lover man. So that's why I thought it's like, well, he also is a pedophile oh, and like he's religious. Like, like, it, it just like, I was like, I thought they were just kind of making a joke there with that, but I, I totally could be wrong. I don't remember specifically. Yeah. Just at the time I was like, oh, the guy must've gotten his van back or something. Oh my God. But yeah, that was a random scene. I, I will say I was a little bit disappointed in Silent Bob's monologue because oh, yeah. I thought he was going to be a profound life lesson to a bunch of Klansmen, but he was literally just distracting them. And to be fair, that's what his job was. Right. But he opened his mouth to kind of say not a lot. He was basically telling them they were racist. Mm. And usually when that happens, when that moment happens, it is something like profound. Mm-hmm. And Yeah. Actually, from the Clerks movie, the original one, the thing that he says at the end of the movie is what my best band said at our wedding, like toast. Mm. <laughs> so oh, no it's like, it kind of funny. Like, you know, was it, uh, you can't find, I can't remember how he says it, but it's basically like most girls won't bring you lasagna at work. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah that's right. I can't remember how it goes, but it was great. <laughs> There's also a uh, dear Dick, uh, Diedrich, Diedrich. Yeah. Uh, as a security guard, which again was just a classic hymn. Mm hmm. Uh, but I thought that was so much fun watching him run run around with Jay and Silent Bob. Mm. Uh, you know what's weird is they didn't have Randall in the movie. Oh, like uh, he's the guy that normally was at the video store, yeah, next door. And I don't know, like I was looking for some stuff to see, like why I guess they had had an, a fallen out a while ago, but like apparently not so much. I don't know. Huh? Like, I don't apparently. Know about that. Recently, he's been good for Clerks 3 because I guess that they've already announced they're doing a Clerks 3. Yeah. But it's just weird not to see him in the movie because, you know, he, he's been in so many other things. He, like, he was in the video game stuff that they did. You know, it's just dead cartoons. What was the name of the chicken place? Oh, <laughs> I'm not Cock even smoke. Cock smokers. Cock smokers. I was like, smoke I, chicken. When, when that popped up as like literally the opening shot, that I was, was like, great. why hasn't somebody opened that for real? Over the video store? Yeah. <laughs> It's a chicken sandwich place. <laughs> oh, God. So great. So dumb. <laughs> oh, I, I love that. Is it? Is the judge's name? Was this Craig? Um, oh, Craig uh, Robinson. There you go, Robin. I keep saying Ferguson. I was like, I oh, don't know. That's not it. It's Robinson. <laughs> He's hilarious. I, I usually love him, and he was freaking hilarious here, too. Well, even that little thing, like flingy thing they do with the with the the lawyer, and mm-hmm. then who was it, Justin Long? His whole thing was hilarious too. Like he goes and defends Jane Silent Bob, and then next case he he goes and he's the other side of the case. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was so funny. So really, people go watch this movie because it did. It just made me giggle the whole time, and. uh I may not have been laughing out loud, but I was freaking laughing inside for sure. Yeah. It, I feel like this wasn't as ranchy, as ranchy, as raunchy as... Uh, you need more last, ranch? Exactly. Ew, I hate ranch, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it wasn't anywhere near as raunchy as like their usual like Jason Mewes, like raunchy stuff. I don't know. Maybe it's because of his daughter being there. I don't know. She was yeah. trying to be the raunchy aspect of it, but like, I don't know. I just feel like in other movies, like, they just 
try to push that bond boundary as as far as they could you know right oh they started that way mm-hmm. uh, absolutely with the whole talking thing i was like oh god here we go yeah but then it just ramped down from there yeah, yeah. and they alluded to things yeah yeah like like sex stuff and everything but like they yeah they never like showed things like they had in the past all mm-hmm. jay's uh fantasies and stuff they yeah i did, guess did a few of his fantasies. i guess that's true he did he did like kind of like yeah as soon as the kids got involved that's when mm-hmm. everything kind of like got like cleaner mm-hmm. yeah and then them making fun of or no it wasn't the kids it was uh justice and and uh the the new wife was making fun of his little dick and shit it's oh, yeah. just hilarious mm-hmm. and it that was, he looks it up like his finger up up was, his butt was it come quick thumb thumb dick or something yeah and seeing all that is just like the stupidest stuff that you it's like cringe worthy but it, you're right Josh it wasn't as like f- as far as that we've seen them go before especially like strike back is pretty that's out there man <laughs> it's pretty far out there yeah but oh yeah I f- totally forgot about the Iron Man scene oh yeah yeah Someone's I wonder if they're gonna get, get bopped for that <laughs> <laughs> oh he even said he's like ooh Marvel's gonna sue somebody right oh yeah he even said it in the movie doesn't that happens in Dogma too, doesn't it? Oh, really? Uh, doesn't Chris Rock say something like that? Oh, at some point in time, like he's like, because they're shooting a movie in that too, and at some point in time, he's like, oh, someone's gonna get sued or something. And it was, I can't I remember do, what they did. Because that's how he said it too. Oh, somebody's gonna get sued. Yeah, I do. I can do kind of. I can hear it in my head. I just don't remember the scene. It's been such a long time, man. I, that's one of those movies where I might have to go revisit. I definitely need to watch Clerks and Clerks Two again because it's just. I mean, it's been twenty years, man. Clerks Two I, was pretty raunchy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I. I mean, I. I. I'm honestly not like a huge fan of these movies either. Uh, but some some of these things you just ha- kind of have to watch. Mm. I mean, I like I like Kevin Smith as a person. Like I, I, I don't know, and so like that's why I'll I'll always probably try to watch his movies because he just seems like he's a genuine dude. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> oh, it's a piece of pop culture for me. Like the yeah. way I look at it is, I it, even though I'm not like a huge fan, I I still want to know and be in the know. Hmm. What's your favorite uh, Kevin Smith movie? Hmm. Mine was in college was chasing Amy, was J- okay. um, but I think like as an overall entertainment thing, um, I really enjoyed Dogma as like a kind of mainline movie, you know. Yeah, Dogma was good, and also I, I was like in in puberty, and and uh, uh, Selma Hayek <laughs> is just amazing. Yeah, like a woman, she's just a real woman, uh, regardless of what movie she's playing in. I'm trying to think though. Favorite Kevin Smith movie? Did you watch uh, uh, Jersey Girl? I didn't. I don't think I did either. If I did, I forgot it. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen Yoga Hosers. I haven't seen Tusk. I haven't seen Zach and Miri make a porno. I oh, saw that. that Zach was and Miri make hilarious. a porno. That was a good one. I forgot about that one. That that might be up in my favorites, if not my favorite. Yeah, I was just now looking because it, it's super raunchy, but still is it really like sweet. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know, like spoilers, the the whole thing is like Zach and Mary are they're just platonic friends, right? But they're broke and they're roommates, so like, but if we do a porn, then we can pay rent. Um, but then in the act of having sex, they realize they have feelings for each other. They're like making love instead of fucking each other. Yeah. Hmm. But uh, yeah, I forgot about that movie. I know it tanked, but I think part of it was that the way they had to market it. 
Yeah. Because I remember when I, I, I went out specifically to a certain store to buy the DVD that didn't censor the title. Right. Yeah. Because if you got, went out to like Target or something, it was just called Zack and Miri. Yeah. Oh. Does that make any sense? Like, Which is weird because I remember seeing it on like buses and even like saying the full thing, Zack and Miri make a porno. And I was like, huh. <laughs> like, I think it was like 2008, right? When did that come out? Yeah, 2008. So like right when I moved to LA, like that was coming out. So I was just kind of. I bet that was that part of it. Forgetting Sarah Marshall was another one that I saw at the time. Oh, that's, so that's a good one too, man. I think that's part of it too. That you were in LA because like when you know I was in Delaware at the time, I think, mm-hmm. and it was censored in most places. Like you okay. have to say Zach and Mary. So I, I just yeah. Was Daredevil? Kevin Smith. Um, no. He was in it for like a split second. That was Mark Johnson though. Yeah. Uh, Do you ever see Cop Out? No. Oh yeah, with uh. Bruce Willis. I love how yeah. they roasted that movie in there too. Which is funny oh, because yeah. like it's not a horrible movie. Like it's got Tracy Morgan in it and he's pretty funny in it. And Bruce Willis is kind of like Bruce Willis in the movie. And yeah. like it's got a couple funny beats. It just didn't do very well. And but then on top of it, like I heard, you know, Kevin Smith's whole like he has like a interview or whatever he had that he did just went into like all the crap that happened around it's, Bruce Willis. Like I was like, book. oh wow. <laughs> yeah, it's in his it's in his book. There's like like maybe two chapters about it. Mm-hmm. Um about how much like it's not that he hates he does hate Bruce Lewis, but it's not because it's not just spiteful. It's just it's more of like how disappointed he was in mm-hmm. in how Bruce Willis turned out to be in his perspective. Yeah. Because uh basically, you know, the TLDR of it was like he's like when we were together in a movie, it was it Die Hard that they were in yeah, together? They, well he was a kind of like script help, I think, for Die Hard. Was it oh okay. Oh yeah. Well wasn't he also like acting in it or something? I, I think yeah he had this very he had a very small like cameo yeah. in it. So, yeah. so he he was like so they were both under a director mm-hmm. and they were best friends because Kevin had suggested some script changes that made sense. Mm-hmm. So the him and Bruce got buddy buddy, and so that's what led to them working together on like our, I don't know if it led to them, but it certainly didn't hurt them working together on Cop Out. Mm-hmm. And then Kevin said in the book he was like in his book the the moment I became the boss he turned. Then all of a sudden, I was the guy that he wanted to suggest rewrites to, and I was the guy that was fucking over everybody over and stuff. And it's like, so Bruce just has a a problem with whoever is in charge, uh-huh. and then you know he'll just give you hell from that on. So he just he said that it just was a pain to film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just didn't have a good time. So I know that's why they roasted a lot in Kevin's movies. That makes sense. I mean, out of all the movies, I would I would say the ones we named are probably the best ones. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I know Mallrats is like historical too, and yeah, I'd probably say Mallrats is my favorite. Uh, I think because it has a Stan Lee cameo and it has <laughs> yeah. all the nerd stuff in it, and I feel like it's the last kind of uh, before he kind of goes really more independent. Like that was kind of like the last like big movie he had. I don't mm-hmm. know. It was hilarious, and I think it I came out in ninety five, so I was what like seventh grade or something you know oh well, was it really that long ago yeah that's wild it's weird because i guess it's right after yeah it's the second movie it's right after clerks clerks yeah, yeah. and then cop out was 2010 yeah so it's a long long distance there so i knew this part was an easter egg but i had no idea how deep it went but in mm-hmm. millie's room there's a poster for buses or bussers Mm-hmm. It was about like uh, busboys or something, and it was done mm-hmm. in the style of Clerks, like the <laughs> oh, theme nice. or whatever. Yeah. So I thought, That's oh, that was funny. just a funny parallel. Apparently, uh, I guess like Kevin Smith was previously like Clerks would would have been about his waiting job, mm-hmm. 
and then something changed and he, he changed it later and it was clerks instead interesting because so, that was an easter egg to like what could have been the first movie is this uh. movie about bussers that's crazy yeah let's try to see if there's any other good ones yeah <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, it, uh, I love all the stuff he does. I haven't, like I said, I haven't seen Jersey Girl or Zack and Mary or Yoga Hosers. I haven't but, seen uh, Yoga Hosers or Tusk yet. Yeah, mm-hmm. I haven't seen either of those. It looks like 2013 there was this cartoon movie. He did movie. a bunch of, I think he did like a cartoon that was longer. It, was, it wasn't a movie. I think it was like an actual series. But That's cool. And Comic Book Men was always fun, but you could always tell that they shot like all of the like because at the end of the show they'd have everybody in a room and you could tell like by what they were wearing like that they shot every ending scene at the same time for the whole season mm. <laughs> so it's like yeah he just went through all the stuff that's pretty funny <laughs> it's just funny he's not really around in the race the rest of the time but i loved uh comic book man too i think I only saw ever saw a few episodes on a plane uh and while i was on a plane and i saw like the comic book men was on there and it was like incomplete seasons which is so random mm-hmm. i don't wonder it's like some licensing thing it's like i could watch episode four seven and twelve <laughs> that's weird yeah oh man so definitely don't spend your money to go to a theater we well, can't when, when you yeah well you can't there's yeah. no theaters open <laughs> uh running it is super cheap and uh, buying it is super cheap. Yeah, at, if you're gonna rent it, you might as well buy it because the rental was five ninety nine and the purchase was seven ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. is like or unless you have was it Amazon Prime? You said it's streaming for free on. Yeah, if you have Amazon Prime and you go, you just click on video and it's streaming for free. I'm sure you Jay and Silent Bob fans out there already added it to the collection. Yeah, because how did it do on tour? I'm assuming well. It did well. Yeah, uh, I didn't see specific numbers but i i saw that they're that that uh the tour that they did was like the best option they could have done for that for that movie mm-hmm. i don't yeah. think it would have done any better well that it, was the brilliant part of it it that he you know they went and toured like all these major cities they were going they were out for months yeah. and they were having mm-hmm. like three different shows at a certain you know a night and you know i'm sure that and they had merch afterwards they had meet and greets and all this other stuff he's he brought in Easy, he brought in twenty million. Well, part I mean, just, part of his awesome. merch too is he. They have their own weed line, yeah. and it's not cheap. It's expensive stuff. It's really potent stuff. It's really good stuff for you smokers out there. But the uh, the whole deal of taking your your like a tour idea for a musician or or a comedian and and improvising or or weaving in this whole like movie experience with the fans. And then meet and greets and selling all your products and selling your merch and everything. It, it truly is like a, a, a newfound way to for like entertainment to, to make money. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, this, it's not like it's a, new ideas. It's all old conventional ideas just spun in a different way. I think that's cool. I think it's definitely brilliant making it a tour. It's just right. crazy. You know, he made it an event, an event well, you could come hang out with him afterwards at, you know, and you start getting momentum. I mean, you don't know if it's going to work or not when it's an idea, right? And mm-hmm. when you hit your first show, you you kind of can expect what the next shows will be like and then so on and so forth. 
And but w- once they got the momentum, man, you, that's you're, the number you threw out. I mean, that's what type of cash they they got going on right now. <laughs> yeah, actually, plus, I want to look like, up how much they. Hey, yeah, plus like, God knows how much in merch and and in product, because like I I watched I like Kevin Smith as just Kevin Smith. I think he's a really cool person, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, I saw I watched the uh, uh, episode of Joe Rogan and him talking and. He's he's just an enlightening dude, like, uh, and that's where I learned about the whole things that he was doing on tour and kind of the the ritualistic things that they were doing on tour. And so, if anybody's interested in that, after listening to this podcast, you can go over and watch Joe Rogan with uh, Kevin Smith. Hmm. Um, I guess I don't know how weird these numbers, but apparently, it said it's made five million domestic box office now i don't know if that means because they they had like an actual like box office launch and then they went on tour with it so i don't know if the tour actually estimates how much numbers because i mean i feel like these kind of numbers are coming from something that has to register movie numbers but like going around and touring the movie i feel like that's all information that you may not need may not have to actually tell people you know, hmm. yeah, you don't know if it includes the tour numbers or not. Yeah, I would almost assume that it doesn't because I remember we were on here one day, like adding up how much money and how much tickets were worth. And I was like, that's wow, that's millions upon millions. Like if he finishes that tour, because like I said, it was like three nights or, or three showings a night and they were booked for like two months straight. So <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy. Wow, that's so cool. It's really cool to see people come out of the and just like support for Jay and Silent Bob is crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, I just remembered another funny storyline that went through um, was the whole thing about like how much of an asshole Saban was. Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which if you're not in L.A., uh, Saban, he's the guy that created he, he will, he's the guy that responsible for like the X-Men animated series, Power Rangers, Inspector Gadget, like a bunch of stuff from your childhood. Mm-hmm. But in this town, is notoriously has like a very bad reputation to work with, like airtight NDAs and like he had pull projects and just not not or take credit for stuff. And um, so it was just funny to see that as like a line in the movie, you know? Right. Yeah. But then I looked it up. Saban distributes this movie, <laughs> <laughs> and um, he's not gonna lose out on money. Well, so like if you listen next week, hopefully next week if we're on schedule, you'll hear uh, us interviewing Ron Wasserman, who wrote the Power Rangers theme song. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned something in there is like, how did that work? I guess if he just makes enough money, he's happy with it. He's like, yep, bingo. But, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was looking up some information before that interview, and I was like, oh my gosh, how much money? Because him and uh, was the Suki Levy. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! How many songs they have under their belts, yeah. and if they like and their the whole TV thing things. was yeah, their whole thing is like all the cues, all the songs, like were theirs. Like they didn't like all the writers were basically work for hire. So how yeah. much money they were making just off the songs and the cues is insane. Yeah, because these what did Ron say? A uh, season of Power Rangers was 50, 52 episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so like just to have the main theme. You know, I think it was five hundred dollars for the main theme every time it plays. God, imagine how many times Power or? Rangers plays, <laughs> yeah. and that's just Power Rangers. The dude had seventeen hundred songs, yeah, from various television shows. And I wonder if that's like overall or just per station or you know. I think it was overall. 
but uh, what I was reading was most stuff between up from like the 60s to the 90s, um, they'd give a third of the writing credit to the writer, and then they'd take two thirds and somehow distribute it among the company somehow other way. And I was like, well, all right, well, I guess you deal with that. And then in 90s, they were trying to fight for really good uh, writers, and they they're like, you know what? Let's just give let's let's say, hey, you come write for us and try to get some good writers and say you can keep all of your writing credit. And so basically, everyone started fighting for writers, and now all the writers get all their money normally and most places. Yeah. Interesting. So like, yeah. Except for I wonder, Saban. <laughs> I wonder was that before um, the publishing splits and stuff? That was the publishing splits and stuff. Oh, okay. Because so like, yes, yeah, they make you do they'd make you do what he was doing, but only they would say. Uh-huh. They would give you a third of it, a third of the writing part. Yeah, and that's like I guess okay. Hanna Barbera's but was like that, and so yeah. for people who who don't know music, how it works right now is there's two copy or two um, sets of rights or splits of royalties for every song written. There's the writers, and then there's the publishing. Mm-hmm. Very often, especially with independent writers, you'll get both writing and publishing because you're just that, you know. Mm-hmm. But if you get hired by like Sony to do something for the Spider-Man movie, you'll in this and most likely like keep all your writing half mm-hmm. and then the publishing half you'll probably relinquish part of or all of it to whoever signed you for the project depending on what you agree on mm-hmm. but that's what it's there for it's for those splits so like what makes the whole thing with ron and people savan works with so unusual is he takes the writing split as well um and the like the the written credit um which it wasn't unusual but like also not necessarily what the writing publishing split was meant to be doing, you know, like it would have made sense if Saban took all of the, the publishing, but not the writing and Ron would get the credit for writing. But at the same time, then Ron would be owed like that half of the, the royalties. So yeah. like Josh said, like part of, you know, Saban's like media mogulness was to like be able to tap in anytime there was a flow of money. And that was, that was one of them. But also like, to be fair, um, you know, Ron doesn't begrudge it. He, uh, yeah, he got paid a salary, so mm-hmm. he had a steady income, which is probably, you know, all of us have friends that are um, house writers for different songwriting houses and stuff, mm. and they can they can get really stressed because they're like, if you don't have a you know X number of hits or cuts in a year, you get fired, and it's like, you know, for if you're working with this with Saban, at you know, you won't get credit necessarily, but you know that you have the same paycheck, mm. you know, for writing songs every week, so. Mm-hmm. Was it Eric and Julia Leewald said, um, you know, Ron might work write two songs or twenty two songs and you get paid the same. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I don't know, I guess it's take it or you know, leave it. Like he said, he knows exactly he knew exactly from the beginning what he was signing. Yeah. And he yeah, was yeah, young, he, I said I guess when he did it. So like it was kind <laughs> of a really good learning area for him. He didn't go to college or anything, so Yeah. So like it it was just so anyways, we're getting back to like the Jane Silent Bob reboot and then making like Saban kind of the butt of a lot of jokes, especially in like the middle and third act or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they actually it followed the meta ness of everything. But still, Saban is the distribution company. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> it's like okay. I kind of feel That's the same way silly. about like the Simpsons would poke fun at Fox all the time. Yeah. Like they're like, oh Fox. <laughs> And, funny. and even like the the Disney thing before they were owned by Disney. Mm-hmm. What like was that scene with like Bart makes the Mickey Mouse ears? Is like I'm a evil overlord, like mouse overlord mouse for the evil corporation. Like <laughs> <laughs> perfect. 
Like As congratulations usual. to our evil, new evil corporate overlords or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, when they did the announcement. Yeah. Oh, so funny. And then if you now, I guess it's been long enough. Um, oh, you know what? They didn't put this on the Onward release, but when Onward was in theaters, the uh, short that happened before was The Simpsons. Oh, and yeah. It was kind of like the first um, uh, like Simpsons you saw under the Disney umbrella. Uh, and obviously, I was pretty. I, I was it encouraged me because it was a story about Maggie. So it was a perfect fit for Disney, you know? Mm. Um, and it was super cute, but still kept the soul of The Simpsons. Yeah. So I was like, oh, this is a peek into what The Simpsons, the Simpsons might, you know, under this Disney supervision, might actually, like, get back to, like, a heyday again, you know? Yeah. If it, if it lasts that long. Yeah. <laughs> but I, the series is literally outliving its cast. Yeah, <laughs> agreed. <laughs> like, the cast are, like, just dying or getting fired or quitting or something. And it's like the series keeps going, you know? <laughs> And they stay the same age. <laughs> like, Yardley Smith has been Lisa for like 30 years now. Right. Yep. <laughs> she used to be an actress, and now she's just like, man, I'm Yardley. <laughs> Are you in our Lisa? Sorry. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. And she's, co- she's starting to look like her, too, in the last like <laughs> decade, you know? She's got the hair. Yeah. Like, she looks <laughs> like she's growing up to be Lisa. <laughs> or she's like Lisa kind of growing up, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that Disney short was. Uh, it was like Maggie like going to like a park with her mom and then like getting a crush on a little boy and then it was Maggie like acting as an adult but in a baby ways you know mm-hmm. so the next morning she would like put little milk behind her ears instead of perfume and then, then you know then when she wouldn't see the guy she would get depressed and so instead she would she had a speaking spell and she's like why 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 and she's like all <laughs> frazzled in bed you know so it was really funny. So she get dressed up to go see this boy and stuff. Uh, it, was, it was super cute. And no, there was no word spoken. It was just kind of like, oh, mm, yeah, you know, yeah. the whole time. But uh, anyway, back to Jay and Silent <laughs> There's a ton of cameos, man. Oh, gosh. Oh, just too many. Well, that's kind of what the last, I don't know. I don't know if Clerks 2 was that way. But with Silent, I uh, was Strike Back. It was like as much cameos as possible. You know, like, <laughs> you know, they shoved everybody in there that was in the prior movies. So, yeah. And I guess like uh, yeah, and it was just funny. To, it, we basically saw the first movie again, mm. but just like they said, like with a younger, more diverse cast. Mm. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Same plot, different peeps. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's about it. I think that's it. <laughs> I know that's all I got. I, I is definitely worth checking out for any of those price points. The rental at six bucks for the purchase at eight for free on Amazon. If you're a Kevin Smith fan. If you're not, or you never, you haven't seen, if you've only seen one or two movies, I don't know how much sense this will make to you. Yeah, I would not recommend watching it if you haven't seen the other movies. It won't make a lick of sense. But I feel like if you're a fan of Kevin Smith's life mm-hmm. and his movies, the more you know of either of those things, the more fun this movie is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And there's a good, good ending right there. That's a good message for a good ending. So thanks for uh, sticking around if you got this far. And we'll be back next week. Yeah, with uh, hopefully the uh, interview with Ron. I mean, yeah, we, yeah. we've done it, so it's there. We just we need, hopefully it's on schedule. <laughs> <laughs> but also check out uh, me and Vince our KVCR channel because we'll also have a bunch of Power Rangers videos coming out the same week mm-hmm. um, with yeah. the podcast. So a lot of Power Rangers content coming out with uh, Ron Wasserman. So super excited about that. Cool. Stay cool. safe. Wash your hands. Stay indoors. <laughs> Don't fight with your mom. Yeah, it's bad. Or if you do, videotape it. <laughs> Put on YouTube. TikTok. (laughs) Peace out.